Hello everyone, welcome to your weekly tech update, the show that explores the newest, coolest, and craziest side of tech available on the interwebs. I'm your knockout league addict, Ray McNeil. Serious, I can't seem to get enough of that game. Coming up on the program today, a PGA Tour AR app puts a golf course on your coffee table. NASA would like your help checking its own satellites. And happening in this week's What The, a woman was arrested for driving under the influence on the way to her own wedding. Yeah, that and a whole lot more coming up on your weekly tech update next. Hi everyone, sports and augmented reality apps are nothing new. The technology has been used for quite a while now by the NBA, NFL, and even German soccer teams to promote their respective leagues, with the results varying from the gimmicky to the interesting. Now the PGA has its own AR app, and it's available on iOS. It's gonna let you watch real-time shot trails appear on selected holes during live competition. You can also compare up to four different player shots if that's your thing. PGA Tour AR uses your iPhone camera and iOS 11's AR kit to place a virtual map of six different golf holes onto any flat surface in your home. The app currently has hole seven from the Pebble Bead Golf Links, hole six from Bay Hill Club and Lodge, TPC Sawgrasses, hole 16, 17, and 18, and the 18th hole from the East Lake Golf Club on offer. The PGA plans to add more holes as time goes on and hopes to feature one hole for every tournament on this year's PGA Tour. So far, all you can do is place a golf course on your coffee table, which seems kind of limited in appeal. However, an update to this app later this year is set to enable on-course AR, where you can hold up your device in front of any hole to see shot data from selected golfers live or from an archive. Other additions may include AR maps to help you find venues, merchandise stands, and concessions, or even find specific players on a given golf course. Of course, there's also potential for displaying branded data for each hole, highlight video clips, and 360-degree views of various products. What parent hasn't gotten up in the middle of the night to feel their child's head when they have a fever? Parenting is stressful enough without worrying about your sick child's temperature during the night. Greta Cruiser and her medical engineer husband found this out firsthand when their three-year-old daughter had a viral infection that caused a high fever that led to convulsions. Febrile convulsion is not the absolute height of the temperature, but the fast rise of it. These proactive parents decided to do something to help other parents along the way and came up with Degree, the first wearable in-ear thermometer that offers continuous temperature monitoring. Some of the benefits include knowing if your child's temperature is increasing or decreasing at any moment. Parents can relax through the night knowing that they will receive an alarm if the temperature is too high or even rises too fast. Know the effects of your treatment. Know how long it takes for treatments to work. And once your child wears degree, you can see every change of the body temperature on your smartphone with the app. 
you won't wake a sick child anymore in the middle of the night for no reason. And you can see if your child's temp is on a curve, which helps you understand where the temperature is trending. What's not to love? You can learn more about Degree at their Indiegogo campaign and pre-order your own right now for $122 with delivery slated for summer of 2018. How cool is this? Since October, a mysterious flying object has been seen moving through the skies over the South Island of New Zealand. It looks like a cross between a small plane and a drone with a series of small rotors along each wing that allows it to take off like a helicopter and then fly like an airplane. To those on the ground, it's been uh, unclear whether there was actually a pilot on board. Well, it turns out that the airborne vehicle has been part of a series of stealth test flights by a company personally financed by Larry Page. He's the co-founder of Google and now the chief executive officer of Google's parent company, Alphabet. The company known as Kitty Hawk and run by Sebastian Thrun, who helped start Google's autonomous car unit as the director of Google X, has been testing a new kind of fully electric self-piloting flying taxi. This is an altogether different project from the one you might have seen last year of a single-seat recreational aircraft that was being tested over the water, and it's much more ambitious, too. Imagine starting a network of autonomous air taxis as Uber is planning to do, but long before Uber actually does it. That's what Mr. Page is trying to do with this project. Until now, you wouldn't know the air taxis in New Zealand had anything to do with Mr. Page. The planes operate there in what has been a covert project under a company called Zephyr Airworks. Now that project is going public. The company and the Prime Minister of New Zealand have announced that they have reached an agreement to test Kitty Hawk's autonomous planes as part of an official certification process. The hope is that it will lead to a commercial network of flying taxis within New Zealand in as soon as three years. A number of rival companies have been laying the groundwork for air taxis. In November, Boeing acquired Aurora Flight Sciences. Airbus made an investment two weeks ago in Blade, an aviation startup in New York. Dubai formed a partnership with a Chinese company, Ehang. And, of course, Uber has an entire division called Uber Elevate. For those who follow the progress in this field, technologists, flight enthusiasts, and billionaires seeking to transform the skies, it was thought that Mr. Page had been testing flights of a new self-piloting plane only in Northern California. In fact, several reports and images revealed the existence of a new fangled aircraft last year from a company based there called Z-Aero that was associated with Mr. Page. The mystery of what has been going on in New Zealand has quietly created a stir among those in the area. Kitty Hawk set up Zephyr in 2016 and has been in discussions under a non-disclosure agreement with regulators there for the past 18 months now. There has been some speculation about the origin of Zephyr because it does list its chief executive officer as Fred Reed, who had also been listed as president of Z-Aero. Mr. Page's ambitions to create taxis in the sky has a sense of gravity. 
excuse the pun, not just because of his deep pockets and the technological prowess of his team, but also because of Mr. Reed, who was a former chief executive of Virgin America. Before that, he was president of Delta Airlines. In an interview, Mr. Reed said the opportunity to use New Zealand as the first place to commercialize the autonomous taxi was a step change in the advancement of the sector. Kitty Hawk is already working on an app that would allow customers to hail one of its air taxis. The aircraft known as Cora has a wingspan of 36 feet with a dozen rotors all powered by batteries. It can fly about 62 miles and carry two passengers. The plan, at least for now, isn't for Kitty Hawk to sell the vehicles. It wants to own and operate a network of them all itself. But before anyone gets too excited or nervous about this Jetsons-like future, just know that virtually every prediction about how quickly air taxis would arrive has been dead wrong. Just last year, Dubai said Ehang would begin operating an autonomous flying taxi service last July. Well, it never happened. Move over styrofoam, scientists have just designed a heat insulating material made from wood that is both light and strong and made entirely from tiny stripped down wood fibers. The so-called nano wood described in the journal Science Advances could one day be used to make more energy efficient buildings. It's cheap and biodegradable too. Managing heat is a major issue in the cities we build. It's hard to keep heat indoors in the winter and keep it outdoors in the summer. The insulating materials currently in use are often very expensive to make, both in terms of money and in energy. They're not usually biodegradable and ultimately contribute to our growing landfills. So scientists have been trying to come up with cheaper, more environmentally friendly options. Researchers have been probing the properties of nanocellulose, nanometer scale versions of cellulose. That's the tough carbohydrate type material in the cell walls of plants that allow tree trunks to grow strong and tall, for instance. At these incredibly small scales, cellulose fibers can take on remarkable characteristics, including a strength to weight ratio that's about eight times that of steel. But in this project, researchers removed all of the lignin and most of the hemicellulose. Lignin is very good at conducting heat, which means it would be a terrible insulator. Without all that lignin, the woody material turns pure white, allowing it to reflect incoming light and heat rather than absorb it. The secret to the Danawood's insulating powers lies partly in its structure. See, styrofoam is isotropic. It basically looks the same from every angle under a microscope, but Danawood is anisotropic. The fibers are bundled together in parallel, so it looks very different from different angles. Heat can travel up and down the fibers with ease, but can't easily cross them, particularly because of the air gaps left after all that woody filler was removed. The scientists found that the nano wood was just as good as an insulator as styrofoam, in fact, slightly better even. It far outclassed other materials too. On top of that, the nano wood was also lightweight and could withstand pressures about 30 times higher than the strongest of the commercially available 
thermal insulation materials that you can get right now. Even better, in the right conditions, bacteria can eat it, making it completely biodegradable. When the thickness is less than one millimeter, the nano wood slice can be rolled and folded, making it also suitable for scenarios that require flexibility, such as pipelines and chemical factories and power plants. The material could have a host of future uses, too. It could be used to build skyscrapers, to manufacture cars, even protect heat-sensitive electronics, whether on Earth or possibly even in space. And speaking of space, NASA is asking all cloud gazers to snap photos of the sky and share them with the space agency via an app. The Citizen Science Project is needed to validate data from six Earth-observing instruments on different satellites, and it's likely to make hashtag CloudTwitter incredibly happy. The instruments are part of a project called Clouds and the Earth's Radiant Energy System, which aims to better understand what roles clouds play in global climate change, among other things. Clouds, however, are sometimes hard to identify from up high. For example, thin, wispy clouds, the most common type of high clouds, are difficult to spot against a background of snow. Now, according to NASA, that's why satellite observations need to be compared with observations from the ground. Hence, the Cloud Observation Challenge. If you want to participate, the easiest way is to download the Globe Observer app, which gives step-by-step -step instructions to submit your cloud photos. For example, the app asks you everything from what color the sky is to what the visibility is to obviously what types of clouds you see. The app has some cloud images that might help you identify the fluff in the sky too. But there are plenty of cloud ID charts online to help you pick as well. And if you snap a photo at the same time that a satellite with the series instruments is hovering over your head, you can check this in the app too, NASA will email you the space-based observation for you to compare yourself. The space agency is launching the challenge now because spring leads to some pretty interesting cloud activity. The change of seasons from winter to summer can be very stormy, and NASA needs to double-check data from one particular series instrument that launched in November of 2017 and began taking measurements at the beginning of 2018. You have until April 15th to submit up to 10 cloud photos per day. Audi's Performance Sports Division announced that it will introduce a four-door high-performance EV as part of Audi and VW's grand electrification plans. The e-tron GT will be based on the Porsche Mission E that we showed off a few weeks ago and built alongside the e-tron Quattro crossover that we saw recently at the Geneva Motor Show. Audi chairman Rupert Stadler said, we will lead our high-performance brand Audi Sport into the electric future with models like this, it proves that the electric drive can also deliver high performance. Speaking of the e-tron Quattro, Audi revealed that it will be priced at about 80,000 euros. That's 100,000 US. So far, we've seen it only in a disguised form, but we'll get a much better look at it when the automaker releases more details in August. It might hit the market fairly soon, too, as, say, a 2019 model vehicle. And so far, we know that it will be built using a carbon-neutral fabrication process and will accept 150-kilowatt fast charge. Other than that, 
everything's up in the air. As Road and Track points out, Audi has been working on a three-motor system to allow for advanced torque vectoring. But Porsche has already said that the Mission E will use just one motor per axle. That means that while the Audi Sports e-tron GT might share the Mission E platform, it could actually use different drivetrain components. Once it arrives, the GT will be Audi's e-tron flagship car. Airbnb just took an important step towards inclusiveness by making it easier to find listings that are accessible for people who use wheelchairs. If you climb up porch stairs or step into a shower without thinking about it, you may never have noticed that finding disability-friendly listings on Airbnb was quite a challenge, requiring guests to grill hosts about details on accessible bathrooms and ramps and leaving much to be desired. Airbnb recognized the problem eventually, and in 2017, it started working with the California Council of the Blind, California Foundation for Independent Living Centers, and National Council on Independent Living to develop new filters that would make it easier for travelers to find homes that fit their individual needs. It also purchased Accommable. It's a startup dedicated to disability-friendly travel. Now, Airbnb has introduced 21 filters that help travelers find listings to meet their specific needs, including rolling showers, ramps, hallways wide enough to accommodate wheelchairs, and step-free access to rooms. Previously, Airbnb users were able to search for wheelchair accessibility, and that was about it. But that wasn't really sufficient to meet many travelers' specific needs. The news comes just as Google Maps introduced wheelchair-accessible routes on its public transportation guides as well. These small steps are a huge way to make these accommodations feel much more comfortable. Rock band OK Go is known for their complex, nerdy music videos. They danced in microgravity inside a parabolic plane in one, set a Rube Goldberg machine in motion in another, and used the sounds they could create inside a car in yet another. Since teachers love to use their music videos as a teaching aid to challenge students to identify the science behind them, or even to recreate the way that they used various tools to make sounds, the band has gone gone ahead and decided to create teaching materials for K-12 educators. OKGO OK brainstormed their ideas with Dr. Anne-Marie Thomas, head of the Playful Learning Lab at the University of St. Thomas in Minnesota. After that, they teamed up with Google Science Journal team to develop tools that allow students to explore the world around them through music. The result? is OKGO OK Sandbox. It's a collection of classroom activities, including one challenging students to recreate the things that the band did in their videos, along with the tools they can use to accomplish them. Google's Science Journal team created a pitch detection feature for their app that makes it possible to create sounds with glasses of water, just like OKGO OK did in a couple of their music videos. They also made another feature that plays data values as pitches, allowing students to compose songs by feeding data to the app. If you're not familiar with OKGO's OK music, here's a piece of one of their music videos. Sitting here picturing someone else living And I, yeah, I still need 
learn more about the project either because you're curious or you want to do the classroom activities even though you've been out of school for years now on okgosandbox.com. A woman who lost her arm over 20 years ago has received the first portable bionic hand, which through a series of tiny electrodes and sophisticated sensors, has restored her sense of touch. The technology unites the portable bionic hand with a computer that translates the information coming from the artificial fingers into a language that the brain can understand which it then sends back to the body through the electrodes. This breakthrough is the result of many years of robotic research carried out by teams in Italy, Switzerland, and Germany. Even though she's central to this amazing innovation, the woman who was chosen to test the prototype for six months doesn't feel like a superhuman. Instead, she told BBC that the prosthetic limb gave her back some of life's simple pleasures, such as getting dressed or tying her shoes with no help. All mundane things really, but important for you to feel complete. A neurologist at a university hospital in Rome sees the technology's potential beyond the day-to-day. -day. He told the BBC that once you can control a robotic prosthesis with your brain, you can think about creating one that allows more complex movements than a hand with five fingers. The technology underpinning the new bionic hand was developed in 2014, but back then, the equipment necessary to support it was so big that the prosthetic limb could not leave the lab. Three years later, Almerina has been given the same ability just by carrying a small computer in a backpack. As exciting as the development is, the woman had to give back the prototype after the six-month trial. Still, she hopes that once even more portable hands are developed and eventually commercialized, she'll get to keep one for good. And finally, happening in this week's What The, a woman was arrested for driving under the influence on the way to her own wedding. Marana police arrested the bride-to-be Monday morning outside of Tucson, Arizona after a three-car collision. One person was transported with minor injuries. Sergeant Chriswell Scott tweeted a photo of the woman about to get into the police car and wrote, Don't drive impaired till death do us part doesn't need any help. Scott said the bride-to-be was released later Monday. Thank you for watching your weekly tech update. If you have a story you think I should feature on the program, well, shoot me an email, djraymcneil at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, too, at Your Weekly Tech Update, and check out Your Weekly Tech Update podcast on iTunes Podcast. Till next time, I'm Ray McNeil. Good night, world. Your weekly tech update brought to you by Holiday Home Care, Phillip Island, Victoria, Australia. It's your turn to relax. Thank <laughs> you.